At this time, any elementary kids are welcome to gather in the foyer for the beginning of Treehouse, our children's worship time, as we open up the scriptures together. Let me invite you to open up God's Word with me today to Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 1. If you're using a pew Bible, you can find this text on page 946. But we've been in Ephesians uh, together as a church family. We've been journeying through this this letter, this short letter, for a number of weeks uh, now. And today we're, we're pausing for the next few weeks as we uh, approach this Vision Sunday on January the 30th. We're leaning into our three core values as a church family and walking through uh, our church covenant who we say we are, what we believe today and the following two Sundays. And to do that this year, I've chosen to stay in Ephesians and to circle back to some some key texts. And so today our text is Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3. One verse that we'll read this morning. Let me invite you as you find your place there. Would you stand with me, all who are able, uh, for the reading of God's holy word. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3. Paul writes, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. Would you pause with me for prayer? Oh, Father, help us, guide us, instruct us, that we might believe the truths of your word, Lord, that we might believe that you are who you say you are, and that we might respond with adoration and praise. It's in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. You can be seated. Well, our word for today is praise. It is praise. Paul begins this letter with praise. He begins with a burst of praise, and likewise, we, we begin this church covenant series with, with praise, offering praise to the God who is worthy of all praise. Paul begins by rehearsing the gospel, by telling the gospel once again, for rehearsing the gospel prompts God's people to give him praise. And so Paul's praising God, and through the course of his praise, as he bursts into praise in the opening of this letter, he's inviting us to join the chorus. He's inviting us, as the hearers of this letter, to join in praising God. You see, theology should lead to doxology. And the good news, the gospel news of God's love, stands at the center of our theology. That's what Paul's celebrating in his opening benediction of praise, and that's what we've gathered this morning to celebrate. We've gathered this morning to celebrate God's grace and to respond by giving him the praise that he alone deserves. The recipients of God's grace praise the God of all grace. Those who've experienced his grace, those who've welcomed and responded with faith in Christ, receiving God's grace, his unearned, his undeserved, his unmerited kindness and favor and forgiveness, the recipients of God's grace, praise the God of all grace. Have you ever been somewhere that was full of praise? Somewhere that was uh, full of um, uh, excitement, where everyone was joining together for a common purpose that included devotion or submission or 
adulation of someone or something. At 7 p.m. or thereabout tomorrow evening at Lucas Oil Stadium in Indianapolis, roughly 30,000 fans will join together to cheer for the Alabama Crimson Tide to defeat the Georgia Bulldogs and to win another national championship. And about another 30,000 fans will join together to cheer for the Georgia Bulldogs to defeat the Alabama Crimson Tide and to win another national championship. The crowd will be deeply divided. You know this, probably right down the middle between the Bulldogs and the Tide. But the 63,000 or so fans present will join together to watch a few dozen premier college athletes put forth their best efforts to move the pigskin down the field toward the other team's end zone while keeping the other team from doing the same. The place will be filled with a posture of praise for college football with fans eagerly anticipating the ultimate culmination of an excellent season on the turf. And friends, such eager... Anticipation ought to characterize our lives as those who know the ultimate victor, the ultimate champion, for the outcome is certain. And as those rescued by Jesus, we are on the winning side, not because of our good efforts, not at all, but because of his mercy. For he chose us, Paul goes on to say, he chose us in him before the creation of the world. To be holy and blameless in his sight. And so we praise him. And so we come together once again on the Lord's Day, on a Sunday morning, to worship him. We live for him. We spend our days making much of him, living to exalt our Savior. For we are recipients of his grace and recipients of God's grace, praise the God of all grace, for if you know him, if you know this God, then his gracious character will spur you to want to praise him. As a faith family, we say as much, we communicate as much, we cling to as much in our church covenant here at Meadowbrook. Listen to who we say that we are. We began our church covenant in this way. As members of Meadowbrook Baptist Church, we affirm the following covenant with one another for the glory of God and for the good of this church. So notice right away, it's not about us. It's not about felt needs such as comfort or pleasure or fulfillment. It's not about personal accomplishment or fame, but it's about God's glory. It's about exalting Him. It's about a a posture of praise for the God who saves. Our covenant continues in this way. We believe God has extended salvation to us By his grace, the message of the gospel, leading us to repent and believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, giving our lives to him, the appropriate response to this good news of God's grace. Furthermore, having been baptized as followers of Jesus in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, we covenant together, here's our mission statement as a church family, to glorify God by knowing God through biblical worship, growing together as disciples of Christ and going throughout the world with the gospel of Christ. 
You see, we, we want to glorify this God. We want to praise Him because He has saved us. He has rescued us. He has delivered us by His grace. We want to give Him the honor that He deserves. Meadowbrook, God deserves, desires and deserves praise. Our God desires and deserves praise. Our praise. He alone holds this position. He alone deserves our praise, for no one else deserves our worship. And when we say God, we're not talking simply about some generic being or or higher power of whom we know little about. We're talking about the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. The God and Father of of Jesus, our, our Lord, our Savior, the one who knows us full well, who knows everything about us, and who has made himself known to us in his word. He's the one who said... I am who I am. He's Yahweh. The God who just is. Who who has always been and will always be. He's the Lord. The Lord who desires and deserves praise all the time, everywhere, from every single creature. From the rising of the sun to the place where it sets. The name of the Lord is to be praised. Why does our God deserve praise? Why does he deserve our praise? Because God has richly blessed us in Christ. He has richly blessed us in Jesus Christ. Paul says as much. The word that he uses is eulogio, similar to our word for for eulogy. And it means to speak well of someone. We're all familiar with the eulogy, speaking well of the deceased. But when, when used of God toward his people, and it is used that way, it's used of us toward God, but also in this text, it's used of God toward his people. It's referring to good things that God has done for his people, the gifts that he has given to his people. Look back at the verse. Praise be or blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us, same word, In the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. We bless the one who has blessed us. That's what Paul's saying here. That God receives praise from his children, from his people, for the good things he's done for his people, for his his children. For the Ephesian believers in roughly AD 62 and for Birmingham believers in 2022. He's the giver of good gifts, always wanting what's best for his people. Did you know that? God always wants what is best for those who are his. Always wanting what's best for those he chose before the creation of the world to be adopted as his children. In church, by God's amazing grace... By His immeasurable grace, we are His children. We are God's children, invited to know and to delight in our good and perfect Father. Speaking of of children, the Jones family opted for a Christmas experience this year and went to see Mr. Mickey in Orlando land. I think this was a first for the Jones kids, and boy, was it quite the adventure. Now, many of you have been to Disney World, and I'm sure you can relate, but my experience, this is Dad speaking here, 
My experience was one of major fun mingled with minor yet fairly regular disappointment. Right? Now, let me explain myself. I know this is sacred turf for some, kind of like, uh, what's that, uh, Bryant Denny Stadium, Jordan Harris. I know this is, this is for some. This is, I, let me explain myself here. here. Uh, like the good, real to life, real, real to the story, Disney characters everywhere. Like incredible attention to detail on everything. Lightning fast roller coasters, which I love. By the way, a little side note there. We just, mom and dad, we, we love these things. We didn't tell the kids, say, what's coming? We just said, come on, let's go. <laughs> and it was fun. But lightning fast roller coasters. Excellent short films and shows. Mickey Mouse ice cream, right? Jolting adventure simulators. Impressive fireworks shows to cap off the evening. Yet deceptively long lines. Like they, they know how to make you feel like you're almost there. <laughs> miles and miles and miles of walking. Five dollar sodas, right? I remember I, I caught the glimpse of part of a conversation between a mother and a small child there at Disney's Magic Kingdom that was something like this. Uh, Honey, after this, we can do whatever you want. Uh, we, we can ride another ride. We, we can go to another show. And before mom finishes the options, the little child interrupts, uh, I want ice cream. I want ice cream after this. And you know, I heard that. I'm thinking to myself, you know what? I do too. I want some ice cream. What's another $6 for an ice cream sandwich after all we've spent to this point, right? right we, we live in an entertainment centered world and perhaps nowhere is this more pronounced, more obvious than in a place like Walt Disney World. I mean, Walt Disney knew how to give people what they wanted. And entertainment is really all about me. It's about my comfort. It's about my happiness. It's about my pleasure. It's about my fun. But you know this, a world, no matter how magical, where everyone is pursuing the greatest personal happiness always runs into conflict. Give you a little example of this, and this is quite minor. We paused in the line. I think it was Thunder Mountain, what Thunder Mountain, to ride that coaster, and we paused for a moment. We want to get a family photo, and before you know it, there's another family just swooping right around us to get on up in line. I'm thinking, we're not going to pause for any more pictures. Let's get on this thing, right? We crave fun, we crave satisfaction, and we're so easily amused that we'll spend hours waiting for minutes. Of thrilling entertainment. We endure the way for the thrill on the other side. Now I'm convinced that if there is such thing as waiting in heaven, I believe the anticipation will be so thrilling, so exhilarating that every moment of waiting will be Not simply a matter of patient endurance, but even the moments of waiting will be pure joy for the people of God in the very presence of Almighty God. Since we'll more fully realize the grace that we've received, we'll gladly give ourselves all the time, every day, for eternity, with a perpetual posture of praise for the God who's given us so much grace. You see, in God's kingdom... 
Personal happiness isn't the primary pursuit. God's glory is. Praising the one with power over everything. The one who holds all things, even our very lives in his hands. The one who's always been and will always be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, whose character forever remains exceedingly gracious and kind toward you and toward me. Friends, God is richly blessed us in Jesus Christ, fully forgiving every wrong once held against us and granting us entrance into His eternal kingdom as full-fledged adopted sons and daughters of the Most High God. That's good news. What a good and perfect Father we serve. Friends, we are recipients of His grace of His kindness, of His compassion, of His patience, and recipients of God's grace, gladly praise the God of all grace. Don't you want to praise Him? If you know Him, if you know His kindness, His compassion, you want to praise Him. Oh, Meadowbrook, that we would fully realize and constantly remember the riches of God's grace given to us in Jesus Christ. And you know what, church? Soon we will. Soon we will. We will realize it. We will know it. We will never, ever forget it. Right now, I need to be reminded. I don't know about you. I need to be reminded all the time that God is worthy of praise. That I have every reason to submit myself to a posture of praise to God from sunup to sundown and all day long. For He is worthy of praise. Soon we will We will know it and we'll experience it. We'll join the angels in heaven and the nations of the earth in giving God praise. And not simply out of duty or obligation, but with grateful hearts, knowing that delighting in Him is our ultimate happiness. Did you know that, church? Did you know that we we were made to glorify God and to enjoy Him? made to glorify Him and to enjoy Him forever. And we glorify Him as we enjoy Him. I read a good article this week from a guy named Elliot Clark titled, What Glory Awaits? Journeying with C.S. Lewis and John Piper. And he's reflecting on those two theologians and their impact on encouraging the people of God to delight in God Himself. And he writes, he says, the biblical command to honor and praise God, therefore, is not onerous. It's an invitation to find our greatest happiness, pleasure, and fulfillment in God. We're invited to find such in Him. When we are most satisfied in Him, He is most glorified in us. To put it another way, he says, God's pursuit of His praise is not a zero-sum game. When God wins... We don't lose. He gets glory as we get joy. Friends, we praise the God of all grace because we've experienced His grace, His rich blessings in Jesus Christ, blessings that are certain and secure, never ever to end or to be taken away. Church, our blessings are certain and secure. They're certain and secure. That's what Paul is stating here. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3. They're certain and secure because they're blessings in the heavenly realms. The blessings in the heavenly realms implying that unlike temporary earthly blessings, these spiritual blessings are 
permanent. They're gifts from God's Holy Spirit given to all those who are in Christ, to everyone who's been united to Jesus by faith in Him. And Paul will go on to recount these, and we looked at them a number of weeks ago, who go on to recount these gifts, these spiritual blessings in verses 4 and following, these extraordinary and permanent gifts that originate from God and are freely given to the ones He loves. Friend, did you know that God loves you? He loves you with a deep love, with an unfailing love, with an unrivaled and unequal love, and that nothing can separate you from God's love for you. Neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. And so we praise Him. We praise Him and we count it a great joy and privilege to do so. As recipients of His grace, we praise the God of all grace. And so Meadowbrook, may 2022 be a year in which the people known as Meadowbrook Baptist Church praise the God of all grace in our thinking, in our living in our serving, in our spending, in our doing, in our working, in our sharing, in our gathering, in our going, in whatever we do, may we praise the God of all grace. He is worthy of our praise. But here's the deal. We, we won't. We won't live each day for the glory of God with a posture of praise if we're not constantly, constantly rehearsing the gospel of grace. We need to hear this good news. Again and again and again, for we're prone to forget. We're prone to ignore the greatest news we've ever been told. That God himself has come to us to rescue us. To rescue us from our guilt and our sin and to bring us into his forever family. Forgiven and freed and adopted as children of the king of all kings. Oh friends, let's hear, celebrate and respond to the gospel of grace. Let's be a people who hear the gospel again and again and again and who celebrate it every time we hear it, who hear and celebrate and respond to the gospel of grace again and again and again, inviting the Holy Spirit to confront us with this glorious truth, the gospel of grace, as we open the word and spend time with Jesus each day. Let's hear the gospel. As we gather with fellow believers every Lord's Day, Let's hear the gospel as we eat the bread and drink the cup every first Sunday with God's people. Let's hear and celebrate and respond to the gospel, remembering the all-sufficient sacrifice of the pure and perfect Lamb of God who takes away our sins. Our church covenant continues, and we say as followers of Christ, we will value worship. We will devote our lives to worship God. Worship is one of our core values. Worship and discipleship and missions. We say we will strive to honor God by gathering together consistently, praying for one another regularly and serving one another selflessly. Together we will strive to live lives of obedience to God by submitting to the all-sufficient 
word of God. Well, friends, that we would be present and participate together in Christ-centered worship. That we would put God first in our lives. That we would praise the God of all grace in the morning and at night with such fervor, with such fervor that the Holy Spirit of God uses our lives to lead unbelievers to experience God's amazing grace. So let's be a people who, who hear and celebrate and respond to the gospel of grace, and let's be a people who help others experience this gospel of grace. Let's help others hear it, that they too might celebrate it and respond to the God who's worthy of our praise. You see this good news of life in Jesus, this news that sparks spontaneous praise for the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ is meant to be shared. Let's love one another as family by gathering together consistently, just like we say we're going to do. By serving one another selflessly. By the way, if you're looking for a place to serve in the church, we've got a number of them. We could mention many. I'll take a moment and mention one this morning. And that would be in our preschool hall. It takes a lot of servants to care for babies through five-year-olds on a weekly basis with two services in Sunday school, part of a rotation. Perhaps you have the capability to serve in that area. We would love to have you. Because we highly value Child safety, there's a process for that. You can't say, I want to volunteer. You won't be down there next Sunday if you're not already part of that rotation. But we we want you. If the Lord is leading you to serve in that area, and if that's you, contact Kelly Young. Let her know. But let's be a people who help each other and others experience the gospel of grace by living like we truly believe the gospel of grace. Church, this is good news. It's reason to sing. It's reason to celebrate. It's reason to serve, it's reason to share. Let's invite and welcome guests with Christian hospitality by engaging unfamiliar faces here with a kind of love and warmth and intentionality that led many of you to come back to this faith family. Just a side note to guests. We have guests among us. If you, if you are not welcomed and loved, we are sorry. Don't hold that against us because we serve and love A God who is gracious and kind and compassionate and desires you to know Him and to experience joy among His people as part of His forever family. Let's be people who praise, for our God is worthy of praise. And the recipients of God's grace praise the God of all grace. Have you received His grace? Oh, that you would receive His grace. That we would be people who hear celebrate and respond to God's grace and then join the chorus of God's redeemed and praise the God of all grace. Would you bow with me? Oh God, help us to do so. Oh God, we we want to give you the praise that you are due. God, we want to exalt your name. We, We want to know you. We want to know your goodness and your love. Lord, we want to know your character. We want to believe the truth about you. So, Spirit, guide us in the truth.
Guide us in the word that we might know you. Lord, we want to know you. We want to know and to delight in you. We want to enjoy you. We want to glorify you and praise you. So God, help us to do so. Soften our hearts, open our eyes, lead us to Christ. Hear our praise. It's in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen.